Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Um, I hope everyone has been doing so well. I have missed all of you on this break, <clears throat> but it feels really, really good to be checking in for the monthly medicines as I know everybody loves them and I love doing them. I hope that everyone is being as gentle with themselves in this current um, moment in history as they can be um, between natural disasters and Supreme Court hearings and um, it is a very intense time to be on the planet and I am sending everyone my um, deepest bow of love and hope that as you can even as we are called to be of service and called to step forward and share our voices and hold space, I truly hope that there is balance that you are finding between holding that space and taking really sweet care of yourselves. <clears throat> and I apologize for my voice. I'm slightly under the weather. Um, and uh, But very happy to be with all of you today. Um, so... I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, October. Well, first of all, I have to start with spending just a moment on the fact that Pluto has gone direct. As of, I believe, the recording of this podcast, there might be a couple more hours, but for those of you who are Pluto dominant or who have lots of Scorpio in your chart, you probably feel the transit shift. Um, I do probably more than any other transit other than Mercury being in its shadow, which watch out for that. So um, Pluto has been retrograde since April 22nd. <clears throat> and this recent moon that we had, our full moon in Aries, was and is an echo of uh, situations that took place in April as well. The full moon in Aries was also um, very connected to Chiron, very connected to Saturn. So this time, any time Pluto goes retrograde in those five months or so, um, any time, especially with Pluto, um, we have a retrograde, we're being kind of suspended so that we can pause and so that we can drill down and do work in some area. And of course, Pluto is the planet of rebirth, of transformation, of death and sex. And we need only to look at what's happening in the world to see how that is being so mightily reflected. We have so much energy coming at us also from Venus being in her shadow, going retrograde on October the 5th. There is a lot of Venus and Scorpio. There is a lot of undercurrent, intense um, digging that's happening right now. There's a lot of digging. <clears throat> but Pluto has gone direct, which even though it is in its shadow, um, the transit change, the movement direct is one that is profoundly freeing and one in which, um, sets the tone for the month ahead because the month ahead is one where, um, 
choices will be able to be made. It's a time of review and it's a time of clearing and of planting and of so much and moving from justice to death, moving from Libra to Scorpio is a very, very big transition. October also holds the energy of Samhain. It holds the energy of, you know, of death itself, of the rebirth of life, of the witch's new year in some cultures. And it's a very, very powerful month. Um, but I wanted to start by just mentioning that Pluto is direct as of the recording of this podcast. And when you hear it, um, perhaps tomorrow, or the next day it will be direct. And that's something for everybody to really understand because we have been, whether we were aware of it or not, when Pluto is retrograde, it is and can be, depending on the energetics around it, a profoundly intense time where we just can feel kind of like we're in a panini press and that both sides are cooking us. <laughs> and in a way, that's what's been happening. It's just that the energy of this time is so intense because there's never been a more important time um, in like human evolution to evolve and change and make decisions that are based in what's at highest and best. And of course, that really begins with the personal level. Because if we are not doing our work, if we are not um, visiting our gardens, um, we're not really able to, um, connect that to our actions and it can be really, uh, hard. And the ripple effects of that are being felt all over the planet by so many that our choices really do have so much, um, they really do ripple out. They really do come back to us. So Pluto really is connected to those deep places in the tarot judgment is ruled by Pluto. And judgment connects us to the parts of ourselves that we believe need to change or to improve in order for us to move forward. It's a review. Sometimes that's true. Other times it's about working with what we deem the shadow, working with what we deem the parts of ourselves that if we, we may believe if they were just to change, things would be better. Or especially if other people would change things would be better. And it's not true because, um, I mean, I can think of a couple different things that if they were a little different, it might be better. But having said that, um, we all get to our center at different times and people learn in all kinds of different ways. Very often when somebody is very devoted to something being something they don't want to look at, something that they deem is a problem. Um, it's important to at least check the mirror to make sure that it's not a projection. And if it isn't a projection, um, how might we be examples with our everyday life? That's what Pluto has been all about. So it has been essentially untying knots for us and inviting us into our areas, wherever Pluto lands in your chart, whatever area it's been hanging out in for the last few months or transiting through, um, that pressure, I don't know if it will necessarily let up, but for those of us who really have been in the panini press, which I think many of us have been over the last few months, um, it's going to feel a little different going forward. <clears throat> excuse me, again, under the weather. So 
The phrase for the month, the saying for the month, um, October is the garden. Um, and when that came through, I was puzzled because I thought tending the garden, weeding the garden, and my guides were like, nope, the garden. And then I did the tarot poll for the month and cried. Um, I don't know why, but I just did. Um, and it occurred to me why, why it was so important to reflect on a garden as a whole and something that I've talked about on this podcast a couple different times, the garden is a metaphor for ourselves. And I'm not talking about Adam and Eve's garden. I'm talking about the garden, the place where we grow what we want to feed us, the place where we work with what we what land we have, the place that we return to in times of sorrow to seek refuge. And the part of our being, the center of our being, that only we hold the key to. No matter how much we might have been abused, trespassed upon, violated, nobody gets to have the key to that garden. It's just our own. And if anyone ever is it available to come in, it is by invitation only. And this garden is where the trees of our ancestors are. It's where the fruit of our abundance, whether ripe and delicious or not so delicious, grow, depending on our relationship with what it is that we're growing and tending and caretaking. All of us have trees in our garden that bear beautiful fruit and some that we're working on. It's where we feed ourselves. It's where our relationship with the divine, with all that we hold dear, truly exists. And it is another way of framing the energy of the heart. And only you can know what's in your garden. Only you can know what it looks like. And this garden is both intimate and vast and has so much to teach us. And I truly believe as we grow, this garden changes shape along with us. We need only to visit it, to remember to visit it, and then all of a sudden it's there. And this is the refuge that allows us to sink into presence no matter what life brings to us, no matter how things may be. It's not a form of dissociation or um, of being a coward or of being un disconnected from the um, in incredible pain of life right now or those who are suffering. It's a way to recharge and a way to come back into ourselves so that we can meet the world as it is rather than um, seeking refuge in other places that don't really fill that up in us. So let's go even deeper into the garden. <clears throat> Everybody has parts of the garden that they were born with 
flourishing. There may have just been the most delicious patch of nettles in your garden that when you were born were there. Um, always available, always an, uh, a beautiful harvest to make tea with or, you know, whatever. Maybe there were roses in your garden. Maybe there's a peach tree in your garden. You know, who knows? Um, whether it's our connection to love or to safety or to money or to travel or to our words or our movement, Everyone has something in the garden that shines. And part of October is a reconnection to this um, source of perfect beauty in us. Um, and this is the gift of Libra. This is why we move into October in Libra season to help us complete the alignment to help us complete, to be with what is so that should anything need to be adjusted, we can do that after we have um, committed ourselves to presence. Um, and Libra is, you know, all about what's beautiful. So when Libra is connected to beauty, they shine. We shine in Libra when we are connected to what is beautiful about us. So whether it's your work ethic or your communication style or your eyes or, you know, whatever it might be, um, there, <clears throat> there is something in the garden of our being that um, we are being asked to recognize. So the first thing that we're being invited to do in October is to recognize what's working, which is powerful and intense and can bring up a lot of stuff about trust and can bring up a lot about doubt. Um, and it can be something about yourself that is so not connected to, in any way, shape, or form, the cultural identity of beauty or success. Like, I have things in my garden that um, nobody could ever understand why I love about myself. Like is something that I love about myself that is very difficult to explain. You don't need to clarify this to anyone. And if you have trouble finding this part of yourself, I like to lean on the Queens of the tarot who are the allies in the inner realm. And <clears throat> something to know about the Queens is that they all represent a certain internal essence. Um, queen energy, we don't have to talk about it. It's just there. Um, and we all possess all four. Uh, and ideally, when all four are together, we have a really complete, solid aura. We have a really complete, solid inner essence. Um, but everybody has one dominant one. Everybody moves through the world and has... Uh, a keeper of their garden. And I believe that for me, um, a beautifully evocative way to consider what shines in my garden is to connect with the queens. Um, and, uh, you know, when I teach the court cards, we talk a lot about primary essences um, in terms of like what card you believe is you. 
and how that can be incredibly confronting because it can bring up all kinds of stories about how maybe other people don't see us that way. They don't have to see you that way. It's bullshit. We don't care what, about what other people say. So with the queens, only you can know which queen exists in you. And so if you are not as familiar with the queens, you can read about them. Um, or you can listen to the podcast episode I did about them a little bit. Um, or just look at them and see which one feels good to you. But if you're looking for your area of shine, you know, you can pull a queen on it. Maybe for you, it's your boundaries, your ability to create space, your strength, queen of swords. Maybe it's your magic and your spark. Maybe it's your depth. <clears throat> maybe it's your nurturance. And maybe whatever shines in your garden has something to do with those things in ways that only you could know. Um, something very interesting is happening collectively. All of us are getting pulled back in. Probably you've been feeling it, but maybe have been doubting it. Maybe you haven't been doubting it. Maybe you've been honoring it, but you haven't known what, what's going on. <laughs> um, part of the medicine... I know I talk about this ad nauseum, but I have to because it's really important. But part of the medicine of being in a high priestess justice year, which relates, of course, to the fact that we are in an 11 year, 2018. And when you reduce that down, you get two. Um, so strength, justice, high priestess year. Um, the whole deal with 2018 is to carve away what does not serve, what has been the covering over whatever we've been avoiding or um, what is reconnecting us back to our truth, back to what is true for us, what karma are we meeting. And then once that's cleared, we're free to listen to the natural voice. We're starting collectively to get invited into high priestess energy, which has to do with the waves of the ocean going way, 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 way back on the shoreline. It's a collection of our power bringing it back into us. So we may be doing things like going on breaks with our podcast. We might be doing things like just not feeling called to be on social media as much, maybe. Um, we may be doing we may be getting quieter. Um, we may be called to do things that we have no explanation for at all. Um, moves and um, transitions and things that are maybe very successful and people like that we just know are not meant to be things that we're going to offer anymore. You know, whatever it might be. Um, releasing a relationship with a wonderful person that you just simply know that they're not... Um, for one reason or another, you're not meant to travel any longer together. That is a part of um, the importance of this garden. And that's a part of why we're being called to visit it again. Because the only place to really gain the kind of safety and relief and um, The only place to really feel that the cup is being refilled in this world where everything seems to drain it is in this garden and we are being called to return to it. So starting with what feels wonderful in the garden, what's good, what's working, what's growing perfectly, um, 
in total alignment with you and the sun and the soil is really important because starting with what works in life is important right now. And now, once we've honored that, we're going to be asked in October to look at what needs tending. It's not about weeding it. What is the part of the garden that you do not want to walk to all that often? And I'm not talking about old memories, old traumas, because that's not necessarily what this is. Um, what's a talent or a gift or an ability or a thing that you'd like to do that you're not doing it because other things are calling your attention away? What do you know that you need to ask for support and help on? What changes need to be made, but maybe they're not happening for one reason or another? Why might that be? That's a part of the reason to return to the garden too. That's our second reason. What in the garden needs tending, needs a little love, maybe needs to be moved, maybe needs a little bit more sun, maybe needs to be harvested or pruned back or released, um, but mainly tending. It's the way that we care. It's the way that we show our attention around something in our lives that maybe has been asking for it, but we haven't had enough space to hear for those of us, that might be the needs of the inner child. It might also be that we need a vacation. We need a break. It might also be that we need um, some love, some care, like something that we want to change some aspect of the way that we're living, our habits, our beliefs, our patterns, whatever it might be. What needs tending? What's been not receiving your attention? That's another thing to look at this month. Um, and then finally, we're going to be called to weed, which really brings us into the crux of this month. Um, we return to the garden to be shifted, changed, refueled, taught. Um, we return to the garden to be in right relationship with ourselves, to check in to see what needs a little tending, needs a little watering, needs a little attention. But we also return to the garden to weed. And part of that is crucial because October is a month where we are both weeding and planting in tandem. You will see in the reading for the month ahead, it's pretty, um, it's pretty black and white. It's pretty clear. Um, we are clearing stuff. Um, the fact that this is a justice year, we're moving through the justice card currently. There's so much energy around realignment, so much energy around Libra, around justice. And moving from that to death is essentially a time in which we call ourselves back to the garden to clarify what's there and whether or not it's feeding us, which is a huge part of death card medicine. Um, we are going to weed a lot this month. This is a month that things may come to an end, and it might be really bittersweet. And by the way, it has nothing to do with any outside power coming in and clearing something away. This is about choice. You get to choose. You get to go to that patch in your garden. And say to yourself, you know, 
as beautiful as these are, as, as wonderful as they are, as much as I know, like, um, technically speaking, it's beautiful that they're here. I know that there's something else in the garden that belongs here, something that I'm ready to explore and to cultivate more of in my life. And without clearing what's here, I won't have room for what I'd like to plant. So even though I did not pull this card for us this month, this has a little may for some of us have a little five of cups feel to it in that when we're in five of cups beyond any kind of external uh, circumstance of doubt or, uh, or I'm sorry, of grief there five of cups when we drop it down to the complete bones level is really like we're very aware of what's gone and we know that we may not know that it was supposed to go, but we're aware of what's not here, but we can't see what's coming. So there may be a little bit in October where you're like, well, I've weeded a lot. Now, like my garden's really patchy, but that's fucking great. The brain may not let you know that or realize that the brain may not allow you in to be able to say, you know, um, um, the brain may not allow you the pleasure of saying, you know, well, I've cleared all this, but there is a new thing that's coming and it's going to be great. You may just really be staring at bare patches a lot this month, but that's all right because the weeding of the garden is not the end of anything. We put those on the compost pile and they will serve another purpose. We can harvest them. We can make tea out of them. We can share them with friends. We don't have to throw away. It's just about finding another use for the energy. So weeding the garden is very important this month and it's a process that's going to be undertaken slowly, but it is a very steady clearing. And that is because the fourth reason to visit the garden is to plant new. So this is a time, you know, we're heading into a very important time on the wheel of the year. Samhain is coming, Halloween is coming, winter is coming. You know, we've already transitioned into the beginnings of fall. The sun is beginning to really change here on the northern part of the hemisphere. And on the other part of the hemisphere, life is blooming anew again. So we're in both a birth-death time. It's exactly appropriate that we would be waiting and planting in tandem. And the idea is we want to be very connected to trusting ourselves because this is a time when, you know, I mentioned collectively, we have really been called to pull our energy back into ourselves. It's because we're preparing to create things. We're preparing to bring new offerings forward. We're preparing to bring forward different aspects of ourselves. Some of us may be preparing for parenthood. Some of us may be preparing to write books. Some of us may be preparing to move or to start a farm somewhere. Like there, you can't get out of a high priestess justice year without being recentered in the absolute core of your life. And it will change things. This month, we get to have choice about what goes and what stays. We get to check in about, you know, what's not ready to go, what is ready to go, and what in those places can we um, plant in its place. Um, very important that we are always checking in with this. And how, you know, to really drive this metaphor home, 
I want everybody listening to that. I so rarely do this kind of shit, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I want everyone to really think about something in their lives that they do and that people love, but they don't love. Maybe you did at one point. Maybe there was a desire, a passion, a love for this thing. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a collaboration that you're a part of. What is something in your life that has stayed too long? Is there something that has stayed too long? Or is there something you're doing because you feel that you have to do it? Or that you have to do it because you don't know what else you'd do? That's the kind of thing we're looking at right now. And if you are in a position where your parts of your life are getting kind of upweeded for you, where someone is like, you're out of here, you're fired, this, I'm leaving you. This um, does not negate the pain and the grief of those things, but it is all a part of the weeding process, especially this month. If something leaves your life, absolutely trust that. It is not meant to stay. Nothing that we're getting down to the wire here in terms of the end of the year. Nothing, nothing is staying unless it really has a place in your garden, unless it's really serving you. Because this has been one of the most unbelievably intense years in terms of evolution, where we are going on the other side of this weeding in the garden, we've not seen this before. We're going to places in our lives and in our work and in our uh, family dynamics and in what we cherish, what we choose to do in our social justice work that we have never gone before. Some of us may not even have roadmaps for this. We might be creating it. This is a new land. Without cultivating a healthy, vibrant, established relationship with the heart, with the garden of ourselves, we can't truly come out on the other side. It's a very important um, remembering that we're being asked to do here. Um, in October, as I mentioned, we're moving from justice to death. We're moving from the most intense call in the tarot to look at uh, with a blinding eye what is here, what is plain, so that we can change it. When we are looking at facts, it is the only way that we can begin to make any kind of adjustments. It's only with the revealing of truth that we are available to change our lives. And it can feel a lot like karma. The sacrifice of Dr. Um, Christine Blasey Ford is an incredible example of this. You know, it is ultimately justice embodied. It is strength card embodied. Her willingness to get up and speak her truth um, with so much vulnerability and so much courage that it makes my heart explode. You know, we are seeing this. This is, this is justice. This is how justice ripples out. Um, her sacrifice both... Um, gives voice to survivors to reclaim their own and yet brings us through a very intense valley of 
even the acknowledgement, you know, like, um, this season is a really very intense for anyone who has had trauma or has had abuse in their lives because there is a lot coming up right now that is connected with Libra season and is connected with justice um, moving through the wheel of the year in connection to us having newfound awareness of what is not ours to hold anymore, what we can change. But first we have to start with what the reality is and often that is confronting. Um, and it is only through that, that we can visit death, which is connected obviously to Scorpio. And death is the time when we can really begin to let go. This is the, it's the clearing time. The purpose of death is to change the shape of something, to transform something from one form into another. And whatever journey we happen to go on this month, whatever we are moving through, whether it is, um, you know, again, the end of a relationship, a recovery period, whatever it might be, um, we need only to come to the center to regain that refuge. But it is a time of very deep seeing so that we can make different choices, so that we can trust ourselves. So it's a really powerful time. Um, uh, in terms of the reading of the month, the medicine of the month, medicine of the month of uh, October, the card that really represents what we can turn to anytime we find ourselves unable to get to the garden. What came forward was Knight of Pentacles. So knights are movers. Knights describe the ways that we move through the world. They do bring messages, they do bring offerings, but of course, with the tarot, um, we are the knights. So it's not like we're looking for someone to show us the way. We are the ones that we're waiting for. The Knight of Pentacles um, is technically the, quote, slowest knight. But there's a little bit more to it than that. Knight of Pentacles is not slow once they get started. The Knight of Pentacles is the one you call on to prepare for the movement. So Knight of Pentacles is not going to do shit until the car is packed. They're not going to do anything until everything's clear. They're not going to start driving until everything is all set up. And it's very much akin to us, you know, use this metaphor a lot. It's a good one. Aiming with our arrow rather than just shooting the arrow. And it's only through the aiming process that once we shoot it, once we actually let go of the arrow, um, we can land a bullseye. So it's just a different way of going about something. It might feel this month like shit is dragging. It might feel this month like, oh my God, I'm so ready to like know where I'm going and, and have a sense of what the fuck is going on. You, we may not get that this month, but that's not even the point really, because there's still a profound amount of inner work to do around the month of October. Knight of Pentacles is what we're going to be asked to call on when we forget, when we feel like things are wrong or they should be moving faster or like, why aren't things coming in? We are preparing every single time we get all uh, twisted up. We need only to step into Knight of Pentacles, prepare, what needs to be done, even objectively, 
What are you trying to avoid? What has to be cared for, tended for, that actually is providing the direction? What has to be weeded? What parts of the garden need to be watered in order for there to be room to have your roses bloom? Inner cultivation leads to external evolution, leads to external change. There's the only, is the only way that we can do that. It is impossible to start from outside and change the inside. We must start inside. It is only that way that the external can change. So when we speak of this, we're talking about the medicine of the month as Knight of Pentacles. We're being asked to really pay attention in October to how we're moving and if we're moving with steadiness. If we're trying to rush, if we're trying to hurry up, not saying things might not blast open for us, but all in all, it is a month of finalities. It is a month of closures, October. This is a month of getting very clear about what doesn't belong anymore. We might not even understand the why of it. That's been a part of the pain of the last few months, especially, is not knowing the why, feeling like we can't quite do something. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. We're not sure we can do this. There isn't enough time. Previously, we loved it. Now we don't. Why? And the, October is helping to clarify that. So anytime we feel a little bit compassless, a little bit rudderless in October, we need only to come back to the temperate step, gentle steps. Knight of Pentacles is air, earth. It's blending that beautiful breeze with that deep, cool ground. It's meant to weight our steps a bit. It's meant to have us back in our bodies a little bit. This is um, helping us so that we can make decisions in a really, really um, expeditious manner, actually, even though it might seem like we're going a little slow. What we are releasing is the world card. And that is very significant for more than a few reasons. The major of which is the fact that the world is ruled by Saturn. I'm going to pause for this siren that I think is going to come up my street. <clears throat> nope. <laughs> yeah, it's ruled by Saturn. Saturn rules our tasks, our dharma, our karma, the shit that nobody wants to do and yet we have to because it's a part of our incarnation it's part of the deal of being here when saturn is respected it gets so much easier it gets so gentle if we are releasing the world that has to take us back to the significance of thinking about weeding the garden this is it is not just about weeding the garden because we're ready to clear something. This is like some up-leveling shit. And you know, you may be thinking to yourself, which is understandable, um, I have to weed out this job, this relationship. Let's go deeper. Let's go even deeper. Um, part of the shit that's getting weeded out of my garden right now, personally, is not giving a fuck what people think about me and is shining and continuing to show up without shrinking. Those are two things of many that are getting, so shrinking is getting weeded out of my garden. 
and um, giving a shit about the opinions of others who do not have my best interests at heart is also getting weeded out of my garden. And that includes family members. That includes some former students. That includes some friends. I don't care who they are. If I don't sense that they have my best interest at heart, that could change. But if I don't sense that, they're out of my life, period, even in a distant way. So um, that has to do with the continued work that is connected to a lot of what um, I'm doing in my Saturn realm, which um, in order for me to weed that, I have to do work on, well, why would I keep that around? Has that been a safety zone for me in terms of not shining quite so brightly? What if everyone leaves? You know, if I have people that I make some space for at my table who actually don't have my best interests at heart, it will continue to perpetuate my idea that I'm unworthy of love or whatever it might be. Um, and that has nothing to do with those people. It's not, they're not bad people. Sometimes we don't have other people's best interests at heart. And if we have, you know, half an ounce of integrity will back up <laughs> and do our work. And if we honor our intuition, we know when people don't and that's their business. It's not our business. So, um, it could be that, that is the key to unlock your door. It really could be that Saturn is not necessarily about like meeting your beloved, doing this, doing that. It really is like, what is the inner work that's happening in the soul that's going to allow different changes to be made. The fact that we are releasing what is being cleared out the world, we're literally beginning a new cycle and we're getting to do so with the pace of Knight of Pentacles, which is like pretty much primo. That's what you want. The world can be a lot. We're letting go of a Saturn cycle. It's big time. We'll never go back again. Part of the deal with Saturn is once you've completed something in a Saturn flow and you get the world card, you're never going to have to go through it quite the same way again. So trusting that is really important. What is coming in is six of pentacles. Balance. Again, the idea of balance is extremely important this year where we weed, we then plant. Six of pentacles is an experience where everyone is made richer through um, working with filling their cup up. So six of pentacles usually has to do with money. Like people tend to like associate it with money and it's really not. It's about, uh, energy. Um, and it's about energetic exchange. Um, and it's also about the way that we connect with the beings in our lives to ensure that we are giving in a way that fills us up, doesn't drain us, and that we are receiving in a way that does not drain other people. So what's coming in is a couple different things. The fact that we're in a six means that the October is an expansion. The fact that we are moving through six of pentacles, our second pentacles card of this, there are a few more, um, our second pentacles card of this reading has to do with us checking into a certain time in our lives where we are really going to be asked to connect with um, weeding anything in the garden that empties our cup without filling it back up. This does have to do with commitments, relationships, collaborations, 
anything. I don't care what it is. It may just need to slightly shift. But energetic equilibrium is what is being added to the mixing bowl this month. And if there's something that is ever so slightly out of alignment, we're going to be asked to correct that. And part of it has to do with us using our sacred no when we're asked to provide something that we simply can't. And part of us is saying our sacred yes when it comes to filling up. So if we're at, you know, it's like, um, you know, right now I've got a lot on my plate, which is a very, uh, uh, underwhelming way of stating the reality of my schedule right now. Um, and I, uh, just had a conversation with my husband today. Like I definitely need more support across the board and it doesn't mean that I'm not supported. I need extra support beyond what I would normally need. Not because I feel unsupported, but because I recognize the reality of my situation and I just need a little bit more in my camp during this season of my life. And um, as soon as I made steps to clarify that and actually reach out for the help, I immediately felt better. So that has nothing to do with anything except for considering the way we're filling our cup. So if our cup is being drained out to the bottom because we're blessed with all kinds of like children, projects, da 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 then you have to be able to fill it in equal measure. So sometimes we need a little bit more than what we would normally have. And this month we get to do an inventory. Um, do we need to be watering the flowers a little bit more than we're doing? Do we need to be, you know, like composting a bit more? Is there more sun pruning, you know, like, letting things go a little bit wilder, like whatever the relationship is there is great. But six of pentacles wants to balance things out. And if we're going to talk about the traditional imagery in the Smith Rider weight, the man, the, the rich man who gives money, who tithes to the two, um, you know, poorer people, um, he is made richer by giving. And the two folks receiving money are made richer by receiving. And I even feel like there's a place um, for an entire cycle to turn over from the five of pentacles to the six where the men, the, the folks who were on the street with nothing to, with in need of shelter, then come full circle to be people who help folks such as themselves. So we can actually go full circle in this card, I believe, um, which really just has to do with where we happen to be. But again, what we're bringing in is not just Knight of Pentacles energy. It's also Six of Pentacles energy, two Earth cards. We're looking at the body. We're looking at finances. We're looking at practical matters. We're looking at energy. We're looking at the realm of the soul in terms of how we're working, like how we actually um, utilize our soul work in the material world. We're filling our cup up and everyone's definition of that is different. And part of that may have to be that we say no thanks to people who need something from our cup that we're just not able to give and that's okay. And just as a gentle word for anyone who has problems or difficulty like disappointing people, um, it is in your highest and best as well as theirs if you cannot give someone something and you say no to it, even though they might be disappointed, it's totally okay that they are. 
it's okay for people to feel disappointed. The gentle message from divine is two of pentacles reversed. So once again, that takes us to a place of weeding. When we're in two of pentacles, we're in a state of alchemy. We're creating, we're being very, um, we're asked to be very conscientious, very clear. What is in our two hands? What are we physically touching, um, working on, spending time with, creating, cultivating? Um, whatever that is, whatever's in our hands, um, whenever it's in our hands, we're working with kind of figure eight magic. Now, when we get to pentacles reversed, there's something in the hands that doesn't serve the full alchemical process. Um, it's probably not what you think it is. <laughs> because sometimes, maybe it is, I don't know. But sometimes we think like, oh, I'm so sick of doing this thing. And it's actually like totally in alignment. It's usually something that, again leaves us a little bit more drained after we do it. So we can usually tell, we can sniff these things out where even after doing something really hard or really difficult, we can still after it come to a place where we say like, you know, that still feels really good. I feel better after I do this thing, even though it's kind of a pain in the ass, my brain kicks and screams along the way. It's when we leave it and we feel completely destroyed that we know that's not great. Or if there is a relationship or a certain set of energetic boundaries in our lives that are not serving us, they keep on asking us to drop those two pentacles, to caretake something else. So the gentle message when two pentacles is reversed is basically saying, review what you're holding, review what you're moving into, review what takes up your energy review what gets a spot in your garden. Not everything, nobody is, deserves a spot in your garden. Everybody, um, it's everyone in there is an invited guest. And ultimately it's just you in there anyway. Um, so what is it physically with your time, with your energy, with your intention that is causing you to literally drop the ball? That's what we're being asked to look at. Again, this is a very, it's a trapeze time, very similar to that energy where we have to let go of the um, trapeze that we're on to grab onto the partner. And that is going to be a little bit how October feels. It's like we're saying no thank you, we're upweeding something, and then there is a pass off and we're continuing onward by grabbing the hands of the other person on the other side, but there's still going to be a moment when we're like, am I just in space? Holy shit. So some of that is related to two of pentacles reversed and does kind of have to do with like, you know, I keep clearing, 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 drawing my energy back in, but like, what is it for? We're going to get more clarity on that in the next few months. There is definitely a sea change coming. Um, but in the meantime, we can really start, um, we can really begin from a place of just profound um, preparedness, which is, you know, in order to flip two of pentacles from reverse to right side up, we call upon knight of pentacles, who is also very um, important. There's two other cards that came through today. This is the first time that's happened in any monthly medicine. 
the overall collective cycle that we are moving through as a planet together this month is strength. And again, um, there's so much of that connected with this time. Um, looking at things, embracing things that scare us, walking up to what frightens us with an undefended heart. Again, I feel like in the history of like the planet, there has <laughs> not really, but very hyperbolic. I feel like Dr. Ford um, is the complete embodiment of this card. And if you've ever really wanted to know how strength could be embodied, you need only to look at Dr. Ford's testimony or Professor Hill's testimony from 1991. And um, that level of willingness to show up in courage, um, showing up face to face in front of the lion and staying very soft and very open um, is um, part of the medicine of this card. And the way that we are being asked to kind of tune into this is, again, around the idea of the garden. You know, what do we need to really look at? What do we need some courage around in order to clear? That will be very important. Um and then what we're kind of doing in the human realm, um, the kind of way I was described to me is like what's above is strength and what's below <laughs> is seven of wands. So this is kind of like the energetic container that is moving above us and below us. So the above us has to do with the like very large umbrella energy um, that is just sort of transiting through the sky. And then sort of on the mundane level of the the ego, kind of the clearing that we're doing there. Seven of Wands is the release of hypervigilance. Um, in this card, we're holding the wand in a defensive position. We've got two different shoes on and the Smith Rider weight. We're not sure whether or not those other wands are actually other people or if it's just wands. Um, but the perception is like, I'm on this hill and I have to defend this hill. I have to stay up on this hill. And if I'm not at the ready, I'm going to get knocked off. And it's hypervigilance, period. And there are aspects of it that do have to do with defending. And um, in the Chrissy Rhodes uh, Next World Tarot, there's an amazing card that relates to basically like protecting your land. Like this is my space. <laughs> I'm not fucking moving. That is really important and powerful. Um, and that may resonate for you in terms of why uh, Seven of Wands is coming in, like standing your ground, holding your ground. Most of the time, though, Seven of Wands and sort of how it may be showing up for us this month has to do with actually dropping the wand and saying, okay, you know, this land that I'm on, if it's really mine, it's always going to remember me. If it is something that maybe it doesn't actually belong to me, <laughs> you know, is there room up there for more than just me? Um, that sort of idea is what we're going for here. So we have this month, we have also on October 8th, we have a new moon in Libra, beautiful opportunity to plant seeds of balance, equilibrium, beauty to unfold in our lives. Um, on October 24th, we have a full moon in Taurus, um, again, super profound example to have a full moon that is not 
a nut crusher. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to that. If I can just be honest, um, they've been really intense lately. Um, yeah, the full moon in Taurus is like the harvest for the harvest. It's Venus's connection to Taurus. There's, there's so much beauty abundance, um, that is possible from these two moons. Um, and I think that's it. Your garden is really where to be this month. And it's all kind of culminating in Samhain, which I'm not even kind of going to get into right now because I know that I'll begin November's monthly medicine with a huge thing on Samhain anyway. So don't be afraid to collect back into yourself that which is being shared externally. Don't be afraid to bring that back inside. Um, there is nothing that we cannot reclaim. No time, no energy that we cannot reclaim once um, it has been offered externally. We can always bring it back in. We can always offer it back out too. But if you're feeling called to go into the garden, part of it is to do this work. And hopefully this episode will provide some clarity and some medicine for you along the way with the work that you'll do this month. Thank you for listening. I have two baby announcements. Um, one of them is like a, an invitation. But the first one is that I am going to be teaching my last retreat in 2018. I will not be teaching retreats in 2019 at all. So if you've ever wanted to work with me in person, if you'd like to join me at Kripalu at Stockbridge, Massachusetts in the Berkshires for a week of deep soul-centered tarot reading and sacred embodiment work and getting to really move into Halloween in a way that is just going to be completely magical. I welcome you to join me. The program runs from October 21st to October 26th because this is not a retreat that I am personally running. When I did my last one, um, I, I got to set the price and I got to, um, I got to control and clarify the room prices and stuff. And because I'm working with Kripalu, some of that is out of my control. So it's a little bit more of an expensive retreat, which we try not to do too much. But um, for those of you who um, it is in your price range and it feels good and abundant and the right time to invest, the retreat is called Tarot for the Wild Soul. And it's six days in, again, the Berkshire Mountains of like absolutely gorgeous foliage and um, 10 classes a day with me, beautiful food, a beautiful place to sleep. Um, Kripalu is gorgeous. And um, if you want to learn how to read tarot in this way, and if you'd like to get the opportunity to practice with folks and um, tend your garden, so to speak, I guess, um, I would love to have you. And um, I trust that if someone feels called to it, uh, they will come. And um, spots are filling up, but uh, there's still plenty. And um, what else was I going to say about that? Hmm. I think I said October 21st through the 26th. Um, I know that there's something like someone is like screaming at me to remember. Um, 
Well, you can sign up through lindsaymack.com. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and just to reiterate, I uh, next year is a big, it's already kind of mapped out with some projects that I will probably announce more um, later in the year. But um, it's already basically booked out, and I've needed to kind of, I'm not going to be doing that much teaching next year. I will do my course next year, and I will probably do some online courses, but it's not going to be too much external work, um, it seems. <laughs> um, so I won't be doing a retreat until like at least a year and a half. So if you'd like to work with me in this way, this would be the time. And then, um, the second thing is, you know, I mentioned twice, um, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who got up and testified about her sexual assault to the Senate committee. Um, I, uh, there is an address where you can basically send her, uh, notes or letters of solidarity, gratitude, love. And if you feel at all called to honor her sacrifice and honor her strength, um, the address for that is on my Instagram. It was also posted by Chani Nicholas and by the accounts, um, house, Witch and Witch the vote. And, um, it is on my Instagram at wild soul healing. It will also be in the show notes for this podcast. Um, and I, uh, when I sent her my note, wanted to send her a strength card from a spare deck with a, just a gentle explanation about what it meant, um, and how beautifully she embodied it. And I think, um, I know that this is a tarot podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> um, I think that it is um, a beautiful opportunity to really offer love to someone who um, is showing up in such a, a beautiful and vulnerable way, um, in a way that is um, an amazing show of civic duty and self-sacrifice to basically be a voice for survivors on behalf of the country. And, um, I don't know, like, again, I don't know if I, I don't know what else strength card is than that. So if you'd like to do that, um, maybe put it on your altar and pop it into a card for her. Um, I don't know if she'll ever open it, but the blessings will definitely, I think, energetically be sent her way. Um, so I just wanted to offer that that it might be a nice thing to do. And, um, I may be back for another podcast episode this month. We'll see. I'm not sure. Maybe a little lesson. Um, but if you don't hear from me until November, I will be loving you, holding space and just really sending all my love to every person listening to this podcast, a special bow, a deep bow to um, everyone who is experiencing big triggers, all the survivors. Um, I see you. We believe you. Love you. Um, thank you for being. And I hope that everyone listening to, listening to this truly receives the gentleness and refuge that they deserve in these times. And until next month, um, be good to yourselves. Bye.